0: You're listening to the Shared Value Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Shared Value Project and the Shared Value Initiative. It's a place where leaders from around the world talk about the business of solving social issues. I'm delighted today to be joined by um, Ross Piper from Christian Super at the FEEL conference. Uh, Welcome, Ross.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Helen.
0: Um, So, Ross, we've just come off a a fantastic panel discussion exploring uh, the intersections of shared value and and the super funds. What what are your reflections from that conversation that we've just had?
1: I I think overall, uh, I'm deeply encouraged by... Both the dialogue that we had, but I think the questions that came from the room.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I mean, the, the key takeaway for me is that this doesn't have to be something that funds artificially construct. Super funds, simply by nature of who they are and what they do, there are so many points of intersection between our mandate for member outcomes and social or environmental issues. And so it was really rich to see that unpacked. Mm-hmm. Uh, with both theoretical as well as practical examples there's so much opportunity in our sector for this
0: yeah and and I mean during that conversation which was yeah, which was great I mean we, we touched on that you know there's 2.8 trillion dollars of funds under management um, that could potentially be you know tapped into and and to, to really solve uh, our issues at scale what do you see what are the levers that need to be pulled to actually make that happen?
1: So one of the things that we talked about in the panel is this convergence of, or mobilisation of consumers, and in superannuation, we have this thing called the superannuation guarantee, it means that every Australian has super, whether they're aware of it or not. And so, in and of itself, that's a profound opportunity. And as consumers engage more and think about where their money is, how it's invested, how it's not invested, that creates an important market dynamic that I think funds need to respond to and listen to. So if you like a bottom-up dynamic, you then have a top-down perspective where you've got trustee directors who are increasingly wrestling with the question of what does it mean to actually be a fiduciary and a growing view that the predominant though the risk of short-termism is very apparent. Mm. Superannuation fees, clearly it's about competitive fees and strong investment returns, but the notion of what value sits behind those returns, short, medium and long term, I think is critical. And superannuation in and of itself is a long game. And so as a sector, there's a, a huge opportunity to think about how investments are actually developed, designed. It's not about charity. It's not about doing things that detract from or move away from the core mandate of fees and returns. But I think funds, if they construct portfolios as well, can actually achieve both in quite a profound way and largely because of the scale of capital that sits behind that.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, you just touched on the the long-termism of of, um, super funds and, you know, and, of course, shared value is is about long-term thinking as well. So I think that there's sort of a natural marriage, um, I think, and and opportunity for the two to sort of coalesce. Um, Also, you know, on on consumerism, and, you know, we're certainly seeing it that consumers are, you know, making um, choices with products and services, they buy. They want to be purchasing from companies that are producing ethical and responsible products. And we're seeing sort of a trend now happening that they're particularly millennials, um, you know, are really thinking about how as a consumer they invest as well. So that's that's definitely a trend that we're seeing.
1: I was going to say, I mean, super is the, um, you know, if I'm a 21 or 22 year old in my <laughs> first or second job. I mean, super is the most unsexy product out there. You know, yes. I've got this fund and who's thinking about retirement when I'm at that age? But pivot that and think about the fact, give, give someone an opportunity to say, you know what, you can be investing right now. You can start investing for your retirement, which seems years away, but your money can actually be doing quite profound things. And so obviously the growth of, uh, of impact investing is, is a key part of that. The interesting thing for super funds, oh, there are many actors in the impact investing space, some of whom will be investing for what you'd call blended or concessional returns. As pension funds, we are there to invest for our members' best financial outcomes, so we'll be looking at market rate risk-adjusted returns. But even for us as a pension fund, uh, we're a $1.6 billion fund. Um, 100% of the portfolio is deeply ethically screened. 10% of our funds under management actually sit in an impact asset class and we have seen that we've been able to do that construct that portfolio and still achieve investment strategy targets and have an investment return that is actually comparable with the rest of the market and so um, there's a really interesting choice about consumer appetite and desire to think about their money in different ways.
0: So, what do you see are the, blockage, um, the, the blockages from Christian from Super, you know, expanding its portfolio into more impact investing kind of activity?
1: So, there's an interesting question there about market building, and we uh, in the panel discussion we talked about one of the challenges in the impact investing space is typically the scale of investments there's a lot of boutique stuff out there there are growing investment opportunities at scale but we are as a profit to member fund at 1.6 billion dollars we are smaller than many of the larger funds out there consequently we will make investments in the impact space that could range anything from say one to two million maybe up to 40 to 50 million dollars Bigger funds, they just don't have the mechanics to look at deals of that size. It sounds like a lot, but in Superland, uh, the scale is, is much bigger. And so the availability of supply of investment-ready projects is something that is a challenge, but it's growing all the time. And the role for intermediaries, those who can work between the institutional investors and uh, the development practitioners or the social enterprises, is critical. Building the supply of investment product product at one end and working with the institutional investors on the other to understand uh, that um, even how do you measure impact in a way that investors will understand but reflect some of the complexities of development. Mm. And as someone who's worked in the development world for many years in my career, the development is complex. It's not a linear relationship and uh, not every development project or social enterprise is successful. And so understanding some of those complexities is is an important piece of navigation, I think, that the industry is still working
0: through. And you just touched on um, some of the different roles that you've had and, of course, we met um, at your time at World Vision. So, you know, as a, as a purpose-driven um, business leader, what have you learned from that experience and what are you seeing in now your role as CEO of Christian Super? And just what are the, some of the, I guess, insights that you've gained as a leader, being able to um, have the courage to kind sort of have these types of discussions?
1: I think... It's been a rich journey and continues to be a rich journey. the one of the one of the the profound opportunities for me, having been on the development side and now on the institutional market size is simply the the scale of capital that's potentially available. If we think about sustainable development goals, as you said in the panel, Helen, uh, there's a big call out there to say that ODA or foreign assistance and and in fact philanthropic or charitable we're giving whilst it's incredibly valuable, is not going to shift the dial meaningfully on the SDGs. And so private sector, capital and private sector engagement is critical. From a leadership standpoint, I think it is then the need to have literacy and understanding across development and an understanding of the complexity that sits there, but to then be able to translate that into um, the the institutional investment world. That um, you often think of the challenge The institutional investment world typically works much faster than the development practitioners and there's almost an intersection or a clash of cultures there. And the wisdom and and I think the journey of leadership is to be able to speak to both sides of that. I feel very privileged in the role that I've, well, in the journey that I've had, but now in the role that I have, where in many ways I now sit on the other side of the table, but it's very helpful to have insights and understanding around some of the complexities that sit in the development world. Um, But there's profound opportunities if you can bridge those things together. And I think finally, just as a leader, the ability to uh, challenge the status quo bias and thinking. That applies on both sides. There's a re-engineering needed for uh, investors, as there is for development practitioners, many of whom are very good at receiving grants and implementing grants, but it's quite a shift in the DNA to think about what does it mean to actually take investment capital for return, mm. just as it is for the institutional investors to understand
0: mm. um, development. Mm. Yeah, and and some of the things you just touched on there, and we know that you know cross sector. Um, experience for within leadership is going to be vital. You know, we know that all the sectors speak a different language, so being able to have leaders that can translate and, and understand from you know the, the other perspective, and as you mentioned, you know, from the not-for-profit world of the NGO world, and now taking this into to your new role, um, I think it's, that that's vital. I'm um, you know, Thank you very much for your time. It's great to be at the field conference, and we'll really look with great interest to see how the shared value. Um, conversation develops in, in the super funds going forward.
1: Well, so I think certainly today's session um, generated and will continue to generate a lot of interest because for super funds they have all these assets at their disposal, and their very way of working there's a very natural fit or resonance around shared value. So, I really look forward to continuing yeah. to partner right. on that.
0: Thanks so much, Ross, for your Pleasure. time.
1: Pleasure.